You are now listening to the Unrelenting Humans podcast. My name is Lonnie. I will be your host. And on this episode, we are talking to a phenomenal woman, owner of Iconic Fitness Miramar, CrossFit athlete, and personal trainer, Miss Paula Santos. Paula will be telling us about her journey and how she went from being a sprinter in track and field to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Brazil and how that led her to her ultimate love, CrossFit. While at a CrossFit competition, Paula suffered a debilitating injury to her ACL and had to have reconstructive surgery. But Paula didn't let that stop her. She continued to train and get stronger and prevail so she could come back one year later to that same competition and compete and come out victorious. So I'm very proud to have gotten the chance to interview Paula and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. So don't forget to like, listen, and subscribe. And without further ado, thank you for listening. You used to do jujitsu? Yes, Training too? I did. Wow. So, <laughs> I used to do jujitsu, so I started jujitsu. I moved from Brazil to Philadelphia first. So I moved to Philadelphia, if I'm not wrong, in 2009. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first like gym that I joined was a jujitsu gym. Yeah. So at that time, my I was married, and my husband he was a jiu-jitsu coach, and he got the job opportunity on coaching at BJJ United, it's a Brazilian mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu gym. So I had I was a track and field athlete, but then I moved to a, foreign, a completely foreign country, America, <laughs> Philadelphia. I could barely speak English, and I'm like, okay, what am I gonna do? But I love, always loved sports. And at that time, he's like, why don't you start doing jiu-jitsu? I know it's completely different from what you do, from what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. But try it. And I, I started it. I loved it. And it was super cool. Wow. Yeah, you're so well-rounded in fitness. So I'm like, track. Then you got jiu-jitsu, crossfit. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, okay. All right, I see you. it's pretty fun though everybody should do at least one uh, sports combat once like even if it's self-defense jiu-jitsu mai tai mma whatever it is but it's pretty cool to know how to defend yourself yes yes it is i don't know how but i need to learn (laughs) (laughs) it's like you you surprise yourself with things that you can do it's pretty cool I watch because uh, my son he goes to the UFC gym in Torrance yeah. and he does the jujitsu and they have the family classes and the adult classes but I haven't got the balls to sign up yet. <laughs> Come on, seriously, it might be like it might scare you a little bit on the beginning or you might feel uncomfortable because it is it is contact so you're very close to someone. Uh, you have to touch somebody, right? So you have to yeah. pull, push. You are in contact every time, but the the body awareness that uh, sports combat 
gives to you is a very unique one. It's yeah. very unique. Yeah, it's pretty cool. As so, well, soon as my knee is finished healing, I'll, I'll look into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, well, let's get started on the okay. interview about uh, your injury. And welcome to the Unrelenting Podcast. Uh, today, I'm speaking with Paula Santos, owner of Iconic Fitness Myanmar. All right, I wanted to talk to you more. Um, Charlie mentioned you uh, how you have the same injury as him and how you came back yeah. into CrossFit. I want to know more. <laughs> okay, so just just um, thank you for having me. Um, so when I moved, so I'm I'm from Brazil originally. So when I moved to the States, mm-hmm. um, my first sport that I started doing here, mm-hmm. uh, because I was a track and field athlete, but when I moved back, I wasn't doing I wasn't doing track professionally anymore. So I wasn't competing in track as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just graduated from college. So on that transition, when I moved here, I wasn't doing track anymore. Yeah. I, I was always running because I love to run, but I, I wasn't doing track anymore. So I joined a jiu-jitsu gym and I just started doing jiu-jitsu for fun. I had no idea if I was going to like it or not. Uh, I had the opportunity to coach kids at that time uh, to help. I was assisting the classes, the jiu-jitsu classes for kids. Mm-hmm. It was pretty fun. But I just, I, oh, I have always been very competitive. So I started just training to compete. And I started competing at a very early stage of my training. I was like, I'm going to compete. I was always kind of... Um, uh, competitive mm-hmm. in, heart, in the heart so yeah. I started training 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 competing 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 um, and one day I went back to Brazil to visit my family there and I was like of course I'm in Brazil I never did Jiu Jitsu in Brazil and it's from Brazil <laughs> Jiu Jitsu is from Brazil and I never done it there so I was like okay let me just go to this gym and I was doing one of the matches the grappling matches mm-hmm. and I felt a pop on my knee <gasps> huge pop I got I got caught on a, on a submission and there was this huge pop oh. I just sometimes when you get to a knee lock you need to be able to get out of that position very uh, you need to know how to get out of the position or you need to tap very fast uh-huh. and I didn't unfortunately tap. <laughs> nope I didn't tap I was trying to be tough and I just heard a pop oh, but that's terrible and, yeah but at that time I my body was very warm so I just left the gym kept moving I remember I just had I just finished my vacation there with my family went back to the states and I noticed that my knee something was off with my knee but in jiu-jitsu I wasn't doing a real strength training I was just doing jiu-jitsu so I decided to join this gym that was the same owner of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym. He opened a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do CrossFit as I strength training for three times a week. And I started doing CrossFit and I also fell in love for it. So I kind of stopped training Jiu-Jitsu and just started doing CrossFit because it was something that it really like it spiked that passion on me more than Jiu-Jitsu. So you never and I got, got the knee looked at after the pop in Brazil? Never. Never. Oh. Never total me had just capture so what I did was I was like okay my knee my legs are probably just weak because I'm not doing strength training so I just blasted in a lot of strength training mm-hmm. and I got very strong 
and so so on I started my CrossFit I would say like my CrossFit career in a way mm-hmm. where I started taking my certification to be a CrossFit coach I started competing a lot I was able to qualify for regionals as a regionals team athlete and I competed and I competed and I kept going right. in 2016 during a competition I was doing a movement that we call hang power clean uh-huh. and it was at a I wouldn't say it was a it wasn't heavy a heavy weight but it was Red- relatively heavy for my body but weight. what is it like how and does how's the motion so we can like kind of the motion think about if when you're doing a deadlift think about pulling oh. up to a hand position when you stand up with the deadlift uh-huh. but then you bring that barbell from a hand position to your shoulder back to a hand back to the shoulder on a like a fast, fast yeah pace so at some point when i drop the bar to my quad mm-hmm. so think about it i finish extending my body from standing up from the clean when i drop back the bar to my quad immediately immediately he sent me like he just shimmy oh. down um <laughs> so there was this i don't think people heard it because it was a outside competition so people are screaming people are cheering i immediately collapsed it was people thought that i was done with my set and I just kind of dropped the bar and I and I just like collapsed mm-hmm. because I was tired but it was actually my knee was just gone oh. and I remember looking around and asking for help because I was like I need to I couldn't stand up anymore my knee was gone oh my God. um and immediately I knew that that was something that I would I wouldn't need surgery I knew because I couldn't stand up anymore the knee was completely Jeez. gone um so uh, somebody picked me up, picked me up and took me to the medical staff and they did all that assessment to see if you have, if your knee is moving. Um, and she's like, yeah, your knee is moving, but it's okay. You might not be right. Like everybody's just trying to keep you calm, especially because it's an outdoor competition. So you don't have that much assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, but just you I think everybody that has had a knee surgery the pop yeah. that you hear and the feeling you know what happened you immediately right. know what happened right the instability it's like it's yeah yeah <laughs> you know right no yeah no I know <laughs> but so, so they didn't know that it was uh, the ACL at that point either the the staff they said it the staff said it it, it looks like it's your ACL but it's hard to tell because we are just doing the maneuver with our hands. So it might be, it might not be as serious as you think. Just make sure you go to the doctor, all those things. Okay. So I go to the doctor and the doctor just gives me that. I did, I did my MRI and everything. And then he says to me, well, so you have a full ACL tear, a full meniscus tear, your posterior ACL. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna need surgery if you wanna be an athlete again, or you don't need surgery, but you probably won't be able to perform as a high level again. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, when when can we schedule the surgery, right? Like I, I was like, in my he's like, your meniscus will be able to recover, but if your ACL has a full tear, we need to repair uh-huh. it. So I was like, okay, let's just schedule the right, surgery. Right, we'll do this tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, like in my mind, like as soon as possible, I just want to get this done. Um, but immediately when he saw my leg, like the thing is, Lonnie, that what is like made me very, very was challenging for me that 
as soon as I got back home and I looked at my leg and I even have a picture of that is the difference on my leg size. I could never believe like even if somebody would tell me like oh it, it, it's very fast how, how like it's fast how uh, your leg just gets smaller mm-hmm. and I could I would never believe until it happened with uh-huh. me my quad I always had a very big quad imagine I was a sprinter in track so my, my leg right. was pretty big big in size my leg look my my quad looked like my cat. oh my god literally in less than 24 hours was a different like my knee looked like a freaking like it just ball deflated. but my <laughs> my quad deflated it, it was so scary it was so scary that that like brought my my motivation in like everything like very down because i was like oh my god what am i gonna do look at this leg and that's like 24 hours after the oh, injury wow. what is gonna happen yeah and the doctor told me that the doctor said your leg right now is that small but it's gonna get even smaller because the injury is a shock and the surgery is a second shock right and i was like and i was just and then very sad because everything that they say they say is very is very challenging yeah it's a tough it's a tough injury that's a really long recovery yep yeah so how did you cope mentally with the news so for me I'm not gonna lie I cried like I cried a lot and then because I don't know how are you like mentally with things when they happen to you but my mindset were like that I had my injury if I'm not wrong my injury was June 4th and my surgery was July 26th So to, from June 4 to July 26 of 2016, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can use my legs, but I can still work out, right? Like I can still go around my injury and do all those exercises. Yeah. So I was doing everything that you can imagine without my legs. So I would do my regular training, all my gymnastics training. I improved my gymnastics a lot. Uh-huh just by keep moving and focus on the things that I could do. Right, your upper body gets really and strong. <laughs> my upper body got extremely strong. My core got extremely strong, but my legs was just, my leg, my left knee was just, my leg was just shrinking, like the entire leg, not just the quad from my butt down, the leg was just very small. Yeah. Uh, when I got the surgery, I think the surgery, after the surgery was harder than with the injury, my mental state because I couldn't move, right? Like I had a cast, mm-hmm. I couldn't move, I couldn't shower, I needed help to do a bunch of things on that first oh, week. Yes. Um, it was very painful, the physical therapy was very painful. So I was, I remember my physical therapist, he was like, Paula, you have to cheer up. And I think my face was just sad, 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 sad. So it's hard. <laughs> they gave me, it was horrible, they gave me, 15 days they said okay 15 days you need to be like not moving not putting weight not doing all of those things so i literally waited 15 days and on that those 50 days 15 days i allow myself to be sad to be sorry for myself <laughs> um and as soon as 15 days were up i went back to the gym and i'm like you know what i'm gonna get great in everything that i can do without my legs and i just focus right. on that And I focused hard. Um, I had a competition, so 
not anymore, but every year the Cross Regionals it happens normally during May, yeah. right? May. So my my surgery was on July 26, and I had one year to be able, not less than a year, right? Like 11 yeah. to 10 months to be able to compete on May again at the uh-huh. regionals. And, but the qualification happens in February. So I had about six months to be able to do the qualifier. So I literally went to my coach at the time and I'm like limping without doing one single squat with still with the stitches on my leg. And I'm like, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready to do the oh regionals. And he's like, if you believe you can do it, you That can do right. it. Just work around it. We will do the programming specifically for you. Uh, we won't squat. Lonnie, I didn't do one single squat <laughs> for six months. Oh my God. And I was able to be ready for the competition. I, I don't know how. Don't ask me how. Shoot. <laughs> But I competed. Right. I was able to qualify and I competed on the team on Regionals 2017. Oh, wow. Good stuff. Yeah, I was... <laughs> pretty fun so what was your training like without being able to squat like everything you always have the opportunity to learn a lot or to just let that opportunity pass right so I learned how to do every single single leg work as possible from hip down to improve my leg to be able to make that leg strong without squatting um I'm saying squatting like as a, a unilateral motion, right? Just your regular basic air squat or back squat or uh-huh. front squat. So I did all the variations of lunges, all the variations of single leg hops. Um, I did a lot of occlusion training, um, a lot of like recovery uh, movements and just everything that you can imagine to make my legs strong. And not cause a hip injury because a lot of people get a lot of hip injuries after having mm-hmm. any surgery because of everything that is so now unstable. And like you, your right side is also like for me, my right side was also stronger in trying to dominate emotions because it was my, my regular yeah. leg, like my leg, my good leg. Uh, I used to call my one good leg and one <laughs> bad leg. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I just did all of those things, like a lot of lunges, a lot of single leg work. And I just had to go outside of my way and learn how to improve the strength on that injured knee now and be able to recover my full extension of my knee because the scar tissue wants you to stay flexed. So all of those things was pretty cool, though. It helped me a lot on learning uh, how to recover from injury or now. And I'm going to be honest with you. I believe my injury happened because I had a previous injury on that day on my match, my mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu match. was probably something that a small tear happened mm-hmm. that day. And then overuse and overtraining. And to be honest, I was a very young CrossFit athlete, so I wasn't doing as much accessory work to prevent right. injury. Right. Prevent a lot of injury. people don't like, even... Don't even. We, yeah, we, we go. Because we're young and we're strong. Like, I'm strong, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm strong. I can do this. Mm. I can back squat every day. Right. Go squat to my masses yeah. every day. Who needs exactly. Right? ACL injuries are actually more <laughs> of um, an overuse injury. Like everyone thinks it's just one yep. one motion, one thing that you did, and it just happened, like some sporadic thing. But most stories I hear with ACLs is you were going hard, no days off, just <laughs> no days off. And another thing too, like what, like things that I didn't know, or I hate, I hate the word I didn't know because it's it is true, but it's not that it, the information it wasn't there. I wasn't going to search for that right. information, right? So, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like we normally just search for things after you are presented right. with a situation instead of being. I truly believe if I was, yeah, I believe if I was a better. Over, I think when you hear somebody saying like that person is an overall, ama- overall amazing athlete it's because the person is actually focusing on the small things, not the big scene, not the beautiful picture, not the fancy, yeah. sexy stuff. They are looking at every single point. And on my very beginning of my, uh, as a CrossFit athlete, I wasn't. I was just lifting heavy and doing the right. fun things instead of focusing on accessories. So as soon as my knee popped... I was like, okay, let me go search for what happened, right? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why did that happen to me? In my mind, I'm like, I train every day, I eat well, I sleep well. What happened for my need to just right. pop like that? So, of course, I wasn't doing accessory work. I wasn't focusing on those pieces that are major pieces if you want to be an athlete that right. will last. The question is, how long exactly. do you want to last? So, what is some of the accessory work for strengthening your knee? So, I'm just going to say a couple that I really like and it's things that I still do mm-hmm. to this day. Uh, they, I think pretty much everybody knows is like the Bulgarian split squats. They mm-hmm. help a lot. Uh, the death death marches they help a lot um, being able to bring your knee to be instability right so doing things that will be bring your knee to instability so maybe using a buzzer ball and doing some single leg work on top of the buzzer ball putting your knee on situations where you're not over a heavy load but the knee is moving in different right. planes and you can hold that stability for longer. Yeah. Makes sense. So uh, doing different hops, doing plyometric work, uh, being able to do change of directions because especially on weightlifting and crossfit, I would say we don't do a lot of uh, change of direction movements. So if I snatch, it's always on a, 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 a vertical plane. Yeah. That makes sense. So I'm not changing side to side. A lot of glute work, uh, glute accessory, making sure that the glute, you can engage your glutes. You're not just quad yeah. hamstring work. So that is different movements that you can movement in particular, but just focusing overall on your entire leg. The leg is just not the quad or hamstrings. Everything moves together. Um, you know when people say, um, "Oh, I need abs," and the person only thinks about like yeah. the ab muscles, right? Like doing crunches. That is so much more similar to your legs and your hips. How your hip move moves, doing single leg deadlifts, doing RDLs, doing uh, Turkish get-ups. So th- those movements they are not so fancy out there, or they are not so. I think now I see more people yeah. talking about them. But that is so much more 
that will make you move yeah. properly, walk properly, run properly, like how your foot works, right? Like where normally we wear shoes, so we don't have much uh, contact. So I always, one thing that I thought about that a lot was because yeah. I love running because I have a uh-huh. background in track. So I always ran prior to my injury. And after I got the injury, I noticed that I couldn't really feel my toes. You know, when you try to grab something with your toes and you can't really feel it. So it took me a while to be able to run at night, if that even makes sense to you, to run at night, because I didn't have that, that awareness. My leg, it seemed like if I could uh, describe for you, it seemed like my leg was blind. That left knee was blind. That makes sense. I needed so much more to be able to run and I, I needed to be able to see what I was running. And before it didn't happen, but why? My From the toe up, my leg lost the yes. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's, it was a very interesting mm-hmm. feeling for me. So I noticed that doing, having, I needed to do like, not just my leg, I had to make my, my, my foot to understand what I wanted yeah. again. So doing a lot of grabbing, like grabbing objects with your toes, letting it go, making sure your toes are moving individually. That is so much more that we just pass by and we don't focus. We don't notice, right? But then when the injury happens, (laughs) I, I I became aware of a lot of things because then I was, I wasn't able to do basic things that I love to do, like literally going for a run. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't feel my, my, my foot working. My, my foot was working completely different than the opposite leg. And I'm like, what's so happening? When did it come back? Like, how long did it take before you were fully trusting in your, your bad leg? Yeah. So, um, I would say I competed in 2017 and I was able to do pretty much every movement, but, but my strength wasn't the same. So just saying about lifting wise my strength wasn't the same i was only able to match i i my first movement that i was able to match my same numbers was the uh mm-hmm. was the deadlift i'm not gonna lie to you i haven't pr'd my back squat or my front squat since the injury my numbers still below the numbers that i had before and i only now i were i i only now uh, have been able to PR my not not PR but yeah. match do the same number as my snatch. And my what do you think that is? Is it so the strength or the, is it do you have any residual like fear from the previous injury? Like is it yeah. Yeah. I truly believe that how can I say that um Running, running, I'm able to run again and keep an amazing pace, similar to what I had it before, uh, so I can run. I still notice that for strength, I have, I still shift. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I still shift my when it gets heavy to a certain point, like around 85 to 90 percent. I still shifting to my uh, right knee, the yeah. knee without the injury. Um, right now i just i was just able to match my numbers from uh previous to having the injury so which made me very happy it was a very good moment for me being able to match those numbers but i believe it's confidence it's confidence getting under the weight right like it's a heavy load and now i need to not i need to pull myself underneath that weight and trust that my legs are going to sustain me to stand up back again um 
I believe that's one thing. And I also believe, I wish I could show you my legs, is that my left leg, the entire leg, is a smaller leg than the right leg. And it's not that I don't do it still. And it's not that I don't do enough accessory work. Just muscle mass, it's yeah. a smaller leg. Is it because the I right leg know, is still um, taking some of the can... load from the left leg? I truly believe the right leg is still taking some of the load. I truly believe that I probably shouldn't have started competing so early because a lot of the movements, again, are bilateral. So, of course, my right leg took over, right, and kept getting strong. And the right and the left knee, the left leg was right. playing catch up. Even doing all the accessory, the left knee, the left leg was still playing catch up. Imagine like this: my 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 non-injured leg has been with me right. since day one of my life. My injured, my injured right, leg is a baby <laughs> leg. Makes sense. She's yeah, she's she's just oh, now learning yeah. everything. Um, but it was interesting when I stopped my not that I stopped but I had to pause on my competitive training because I was training a lot I would say that I was training between two to three sessions a day uh, to be able to perform Mm -hmm. on a regional level Um, my I wasn't I didn't have that much time to focus only on accessory right that makes sense because I had to do my regular training after I opened my gym, I had to slow down more, so I was able to focus more on accessory because the competitive uh, point of my life, I wasn't focused on that as much, so I could take care of more of focusing on just the left knee, yeah. left leg, and that made me more balanced, but I still have a very, it's, it's very noticeable the difference yeah. between, at least for me. Is notice the difference between one yeah, leg on your size wise. You can't see any difference. It's just like, oh my god, she's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is that is a big difference. That is a big difference on size. And it's funny. I don't know if your legs like this, Lonnie, but it's from from my glutes down. Like my glutes are not the same size. My calf oh is my not god. the same size. Every, they're just, they're just different. No, I know. Sizes. I mean, that's it's how funny. it is with my my quad and my calf. I lost, like, I feel like I lost them. Just my both of my glutes, though. Like, just not running at all is like my body just shrank in those areas. <laughs> it's like my shoulders yeah. are nice, but yeah, it's, it's my very sad. The thighs are gone. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty sad though. Like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if people care that much, but for a girl, like I, mm-hmm. when I try to wear shorts, it, it shifts. Right. It's, <laughs> it's funny. Like one, it's so awkward. <laughs> You're so self-conscious. Yeah. What about? It is self-conscious. What about yeah. uh, the scarf? Uh, the scarf, um, it's not very big. I have, if I will look at it, I have one, two three four like four one bigger one but it's not big just the biggest one that i have and then that is small mm-hmm. points there small scars uh, yeah. around my kneecap and then one closest closest to my quad from where they took a piece of mm-hmm. my gracialis to to uh, such yeah. the okay. acl right and mm-hmm. what you call it are you going to compete next year are you 
Uh, that's my main goal. Uh, I really want to go back in competition. Um, we were signed up to do the West Coast Classic. That it wasn't the same as regional, but it was the closest we could get, just because CrossFit changed the uh, they uh, they changed the regulations of how mm-hmm. regionals are done now. So I was gonna do the West Coast Classic because we was gonna be in Del Mar. I'm still competing. I was very happy to hit my like very good numbers this year. So I was, I, uh, my plan was to compete back yeah. in weightlifting again. Now the the words on pause that's gonna have to be for the next year. But tell me okay. a little bit more about the lifter up competition that was that you were planning on your website. Uh. Yeah. So I opened my gym, Iconic Fitness Miramar, on on January 7, January mm-hmm. 7, 2019. Um, so I had, like, I have my members, and they're an amazing members, but normally when you have a gym, members come yeah. from different gyms. That makes sense? Other gyms. And one of my members, she asked me, her name is Nicole, Nicole, uh, she asked me, saying that Paula, uh, a couple of years ago, the gym, the previous gym that I used to go, they hosted this competition called Lift Her, Her Up for Domestic Violence. And I want to know if you want to help me uh, uh, hosting this competition here. And yeah, I was like, of course, right? Like our, our gym is all about community and all, all about like being able to bring whatever our members love to do or whatever they want to support, we try to bring it as a competition or some mm-hmm. kind of event inside of the gym to bring awareness to everybody else and be able to promote that for our members or for ourselves. And um, domestic violence, violence is a, um, a huge issue that sometimes goes by unseen yeah. or yeah. people don't talk much about it. And for this member, it was something that she's like, Paula, I know the owner um, of the organization and their organization is no silence, mm-hmm. no violence organization. And she's like, she would love if you could do it, the competition here. Um, so I, we had a, like an amazing, an amazing feedback from our members. We had an amazing feedback for people that are trying to sign up. We got a bunch of signups of people. Like as soon as we released the competition, a lot of people there, they were not from the gym. They were signing up. Exactly. No, yeah. I saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is so dope. That's what I'm saying. Like, I never, like, we we did it other competitions and people wouldn't just message me randomly saying, hey, I don't even know what it is, but I'm down. Sign me up for competing, sign me up to support, to volunteer, whatever you need, I'm in. And in my mind, I'm like, this is an amazing cause that people should have just tried to help more because. I don't think we understand how many people, not just women, but how yeah. many people go through domestic violence. And in my mind, I'm like, if I can yeah, help it, somehow, it trickles I'm down. In, you it, know? it affects everyone involved. It affects, you know, the people that are going through it and their children and their families. It it's a devastating yeah. cause. I mean, thing that happens. And so when I saw the cause on the on the website, I was like, okay, yeah, I don't even lift, but. <laughs> I want to be a part of this. <laughs> yeah, so what it, what it was pretty cool is that we're going to host mm-hmm. the competition inside of our gym. 
and all the volunteers would be members, but also women that has gone through or families uh-huh. that have been going through domestic violence, that that organization, the Non-Silence, No-Violence Organization helps. So we are going to donate the interest. Let's say if you enter to compete or even if you donate it, that, that money is going to go mm-hmm. to the families yeah. to help the families. That makes sense? Um, so we are doing shirts, just everything that we could so that money would go through the, that organization. Um, it, we had to postpone it because of COVID-19, but we are okay. still going to do it next year. Um, we just want to make it happen because right. I, we had a lot yes. of good feedback. Yeah, that's great. I, I can't wait. Yeah, COVID is best Me of too. everything. <laughs> kind of put did. everybody in pause and like... It made did. us think about as life much as it stopped so many events. I will say that because of it, it has caused or got a lot of people to focus on parts of their lives where they were not focused at. Like a lot of people got to spend time with family, a yeah. lot of people got to focus on their health more and mental health because you got to be alone with yourself <laughs> for a long time. Yes, yeah, so imagine imagining how. What kind of shock it is when you hear every single leader of the country in the world saying this disease will affect people that have a weak immune system or, you know, imagine you hearing that. Like if you are not very healthy, if you have breathing issues, all of those things, and then you hear that. Right. It it puts people on check. Like, how is your your health (laughs) right now? How healthy are you? That you can get a virus. Like if you, you, know if saying, you come in contact with it, how are so you going to survive? How do you, right? Like it is yeah. something to think about. How do you stand? And it is interesting. It is an interesting subject that that's why I'm pretty sure a lot of people are like, yes, I need to focus on my health first because nothing else kind of matter. What, right? Like the word extension and non-extension become, became something very, very <laughs> right. <laughs> valuable right now. Right. What is actually essential for you, not just as your job wise, because your job might not be essential you at home, but like how is essential right. is your health? Are you sick or are you not? Right. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Is that a way of putting a pers- <laughs> that perspective on it? Uh, a weird little blessing yeah. in disguise. <laughs> so I can't wait to see this new world yes. that we're going to have uh, once, you know, it opens back up with everyone having a new outlook. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of things are going to change. Things are not going to go back. Some people have been working from home and they see they they can work from home. And I just imagine a lot of people aren't going to go back to their old habits. So how how has it affected you? Are you? So right now for us, because we are a gym, at least in California, uh, the government or California hasn't allowed us to open back up gyms yet. So gyms or fitness studios, we can open. Um, So we are waiting to see what's going to happen. Right now we are hosting virtual classes and we are preparing our online website. Not that we didn't have an online website, we had it, but we didn't have a program being available online virtually only, right? (laughs) Because... We are upgrading because we had a physical location. So the website was to attract people to our physical location. And right now we are developing a new website to attract people to follow the website from their houses, home gyms, parks, 
etc. Because physical location, we have no idea when that's going to be able to open again. So we just we right. have we are shifting everything, uh, giving that option because I still believe even you after we are able to open the guarantee the right the guarantee that we will be able to stay open we have no idea because we don't know when the virus is going to just is the virus coming back we don't know that and also a lot of people will just prefer staying home because they also unsure yeah. and a little bit scared yeah it's not- yeah for us it's just a shift now it's just like again like we you are faced with some kind of adversity and mm-hmm. some like oh my god what i do now and you have the option of taking charge. Okay, I'm going to do something. Or you're just going to sit around and wait. Yeah. So we are trying to take that step ahead and just get ready and provide right. a service for our members. Well, that sounds awesome. You guys are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I swear. <laughs> Thank you, Lonnie. I really hope I can Go ahead. tell me one thing. Um, do you have any plans or coming to um, San Diego? Not right, right now. I do have a Spartan race in October in San Diego. So I'll be there the weekend of the 24th. Okay. Um, other than that, I have no nice. plans for nothing until this. <laughs> so I'll get squared away. Okay. So if you ever, if that competition happens and you hear, I told Charlie that we uh-huh. should sign up so I can get to meet you and compete together or even just go. Oh, definitely. Get oh, yeah, definitely. So I can I'm definitely meet you in coming. When, the, when your gym opens back up, I'm probably coming. I, <laughs> I live in L.A. I'm only two hours away. Right? Just do a session with her. Yeah. Oh, okay. You have to definitely. come, though, so I, I would love that. You. Thank you Thank so much you. for inviting You're amazing. me to your podcast. All cool. right. Until next time. Oh, wait. Thank you for being on Unrelenting Podcasts. And- I hope you enjoyed that episode. <laughs> I want to touch a little bit more about the subject of domestic violence. It is a huge issue, not only in this country, but around the world. Three out of ten women experience domestic violence and domestic violence isn't just being physically assaulted it is also being verbally assaulted stalking um breaking stuff there's a whole lot that goes there and 22 percent of children experience domestic violence and when a child experiences domestic violence by watching their parents fight or their mother be abused it affects them it affects them mentally and emotionally and shapes part of who they become so some will become more fearful and become victims themselves and some will become aggressive and actually become abusers as well so it's a vicious cycle and it's really not talked about enough it's really just swept under the rug people don't talk about it when it's being seen people don't actually intervene they don't help and sometimes just stepping in is dangerous but calling the police or saying something could save a life 
So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really did enjoy recording it. Um, Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow. Any questions you might have, leave them in the comments or message me on Instagram at unrelenting underscore humans. And don't forget to follow Paula at Paula Santos underscore five on Instagram. Um, Check out her website. Uh, get some good home workouts during the quarantine or when gyms open back up head on down to iconic Miramar and you know get a good workout in get a personal training session (laughs) support all right thank you for your support and thank you for listening